Welcome to Grumpy GDPR. My name is Ria, founder of No Ties Consulting. And my name is Milos Novic. I'm an associate professor of law. And hello, all the grumpy people around the world, and especially our grumpy GDPR experts. Uh, hello to you in particular, Ria. How's life? Oh, wow. Life is uh, exciting as always. There's just so many good decisions to dig through. And um, today I can see that both of us uh, brought our terminal equipment. Yes, indeed. Uh, I have brought multiple pieces of terminal equipment. I have my <laughs> smartphone, as you said in another episode, my car. Not that I have one, but you know, what is not terminal equipment, we should ask. Have point. you provided your consent for uh, all of this processing and use? No, of course not. Why would I? <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, we're, I feel like we're going back to our basics now today. We're proper grumpy. Oh, for sure. And we already discussed this, uh, in, um, on LinkedIn as always, where, where the discussions usually take place. Uh, and you said we must do a grumpy GDPR episode on this case. And I said, yes, we will be very grumpy, the both of us. (laughs) Yeah. But I always say that, in all fairness, like whenever you post something, I'm like, we have to talk about this because it's so much fun. <laughs> but this particular decision really, really, really irked me. It's about newspaper. And how about you give us some background this time? Yeah, it's uh, pretty straightforward, actually. It was the Danish Data Protection Authority with uh, two decisions, actually, relating to the use of so-called cookie walls meaning that when you try to access a website, you uh, you are met by this wall uh, where you have to accept cookies to access the content. And the interesting thing here is that there are two cases. In, in the first case, the DPA found that uh, the use of the cookie wall was actually okay. But in the other case, it wasn't. So the difference is pretty uh, interesting. So in, in the first case, they said that the setup was acceptable. The access for payment versus consent is broadly equivalent. And we'll come back to discussing what that really means. And also the fee was not unreasonably high. So in this case, the the, uh, controller called Gul or Gratis, they put up a cookie banner wall where you could either consent to the use of uh, marketing and advertising cookies to access their content, or you could uh, pay a fee and thus have uh, no cookies placed. Oh yeah, they did set statistic uh, cookies Mm. as well. But what's so super special about these cases, though, is that we're talking about online newspapers, right? Uh, Which, like most newspapers, right, uh, have some advertising on their websites, and naturally it's uh, personalized advertisement because that's the only way that they can actually make some revenue. And from what I understand, it was a relatively straightforward choice for people. So either you're going to see some of our content with ads, or you can pay and uh, and access either other content, like think of it as like a plus subscription. So you get access to all the articles and we remove the ads. And uh, the Danish Data Protection Authority found that to be objectionable. So I think that to me, the first thing to flag there is, my God, we're talking about newspapers. We're talking about a disappearing business, which has barely adopted to the Internet. And then the Data Protection Authority goes and says, hmm, you know what? You're putting cookie walls in place. 
how about you, a small newspaper without many other sources of income, how about you reconsider this? So to me, that's the first you know, thing that I picked up upon. It's, um, you know, just leaving data protection aside, leaving e-commerce aside, leaving everything aside. Do we understand how damaging it can be if we start interfering once again uh, with the publication of things online, right? Yeah, and um, this case was... Um because of a complaint. So somebody accessed or tried to access the website and was upset that they had to pay with their personal data to access the content. And I'm, I'm just thinking that, are we expecting everything to, to be free? Should all the information and all data and everything, should that be free to everyone? No, it, it doesn't. The, wor the world doesn't work like that. You have to make money to produce content, of course. And I am suspecting that maybe this um, data subject lodging the complaint, maybe it was uh, just to test mm. the whole case. So that is uh, likely as well. But um, it's, um, as you say, you have to generate revenue mm. to have to run a business. Exactly. And so especially when we're talking about newspapers, about somebody who has an active role in the society, who informs people, honestly, I do not see that many newspapers have many more options apart from saying, hey, you're going to see some ads on our website because that's the only way that we can actually run this newspaper or alternatively pay for some plus subscription, pay for some plus content. I really cannot think how they can save their business model in this day and age. And as you say, mm. like, let's all lodge complaints and let's all get access for free because, hey, long live the GDPR. <laughs> yeah, uh, sort of what uh, Lina Cole from uh, the head of the Norwegian Data Protection Authority mentioned on our last podcast episode, how you are using the GDPR as leverage for other causes that's not related to privacy. Exactly. And it's endlessly frustrating because also when we think about it, uh, we know that the concept of personal data is basically everything. We know that we all have rights. Yes, all of that is fine. But then at a certain point, it's so easy to abuse these rights. And also, I think from the standpoint of authorities, what would this mean for them? Like if everything is a GDPR dispute, how are they going to handle all the possible cases? And it's just unreasonable. It becomes just unreasonable at that point of, yeah, you know what? I want access to everything your Plus subscribers have. But these two cases were yeah. slightly different, right? There was some nuance in them and there was a different way in which the DPA treated two websites which more or less had a similar functionality. Could you tell us a little bit about those uh, background facts? Because I find those to be fascinating as well. Yeah, so they, uh, the DPA actually assessed what is then uh, equivalent. So for consent to be um, uh, correctly used as per the GDPR for this processing, the alternative must be broadly equivalent. So you must either, you must uh, give them the actual real choice of uh, providing their personal data or uh, paying um, with money, basically. So in the first case, they compared the two and found that they are broadly equivalent. But in the other case with Jysk Media, they found that if you 
accepted uh, ads, you could only access parts of the content. So you didn't get access to their full database of uh, content. So because they didn't give the, uh, the full access, the DPA held that, okay, this is not uh, equivalent to uh, and uh, thus it was not valid consent as per the GDPR. These cases are, I know it sounds straightforward, but I, f I find it very difficult to see the difference based on the facts, right? So you have one website which says, here are some cookies. If you don't want to see targeted ads, uh, pay up. And then there is a different one, which does only one small different thing differently, which is that if you don't consent to cookies, in addition to seeing ads, you will also see fewer articles. Do I recall that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. And then only this website, which says fewer articles plus targeted advertising is the one in breach of the GDPR. Yeah. That makes no sense. That makes no sense whatsoever. So, so it's very subjective. So it's up to the authorities then to determine what is uh, genuinely equivalent. And and this is, uh, so I looked up the EDPB guidance uh, on consent from 2020 because the Danish DPA, uh, they refer to that. And there they mentioned that both services for people to have a genuine and uh, free choice need to be genuinely equivalent. And the DPA has translated this to entirely identical it's ridiculous. But as far as I can see, if I so if I search for the term equivalent, I see synonyms such as similar or comparable. So it's a question of whether or not does it have to be identical? And who is to determine where that is it identical? How can the authorities determine that the identical option to uh, to paying with your personal data is uh, two dollars a month no to me this is just deeply 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 nonsensical so you flag two important issues here in my mind uh, the first one is uh, then immediately becomes but wait if what they're saying more or less is targeted advertising is fine if people consent to it in principle but then with this caveat of but then even if you decline you must get access to all the content i mean what's the point was the point then of uh, of running such ads, right? And to me, this assessment of is it broadly equivalent? Uh, what exactly as you say? What does this mean? Is it one article mm. less to to few like two articles less? Is it uh, you only cover celebrities but you don't cover uh, important press events? Like who is going to make that determination and based on what? So as I see it, they they just look at it uh, from the perspective that you must gain the exact same services as you would when you are paying with money instead. That is beyond stupid. I mean, no, let's put <laughs> That's a very final... very grumpy, Milos. Uh, uh, let's put a final nail in the coffin of the journalism industry. And it makes no sense, and I do not see how it's anchored in the GDPR at all. Do you know what we would um, what would be beneficial here? Mm -hmm. The uh, guidance on uh, remuneration on uh, personal data from the EDPB against uh, personal data uh, correction there, and this was actually in the EDPB work program for twenty one twenty two. But guess what? Uh, I um, 
asked them about it. Uh, so I sent an email and they responded that uh, this work was suspended in December 21. So there won't be any such guidelines. Oh, thank God. Which is surprising. <laughs> I'm just saying thank God, given the stances <laughs> they've taken pre previously. Like, thank God the EDPB has nothing to say. <laughs> no jokes aside, but you recall that their first stance was like, oh, personal data is not a tradable commodity. Oh, give me a rest, you know, the, tell that to all the photo models. Like, no, you cannot have money for uh, having pictures of your face taken, whatever. In any case, yes. Uh, oh, but I'm conflicted. I'm conflicted. I have to say just maybe somebody commented on my LinkedIn post that um, because it, it just rubs me the wrong way. It sounds so awful that you are you have to give up your personal data to get access to something. But I, it, I think it's a good comment because if we look at it, we are not giving up our privacy or we are not giving up our rights in any way. We are making a conscious decision and choice as, you know, mature adult people where we say that, okay, uh, I would like access to the, this free content and in uh, exchange, I'm willing to accept some cookies that will follow me around like what happens on a daily basis anyway. I think at, at the, the bottom line from my standpoint is still the reasonableness test, right? Is it reasonable to say that a yeah. newspaper cannot serve ads? And let's not uh, let's not pretend that yeah, yeah you have an alternative of doing uh, what was it non personalized type of ads. I don't think that's a realistic alternative for them in these business settings, and given how the ad system currently sadly works. But then, uh, kind of connecting that analysis to the question of well, do you offer equivalent number of articles identical as you point out? It, uh, it boggles my mind that the Data Protection Authority would dare to examine what kind of journalistic content is equivalent to what. And I think this ties very nicely mm. into the reason why we have the exception for journalism, for academic purposes, for all those other purposes under the GDPR, right? Yeah. I, I'm just, it just strikes me that uh, if we step back entirely... Like, why are they using consent in the first place? So one thing that I really was baffled about in the, these two decisions is that there is absolutely no mention of the e-privacy directive. Mm -hmm. And the DPA just only, and they say it, that we are explicitly looking only at the consent requirements here. And I think they're, they've done that uh, on purpose since they're not supervising the cookie law in Denmark. That's uh, a different uh, entity. And it also surprised me that they wouldn't take into consideration other uh, lawful bases. So I am assuming that uh, also the controller went for consent here because it is required by the e-privacy directive to uh, to get consent for um, cookies that aren't strictly necessary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you one thousand percent. So from the cookie standpoint, 
I don't think there were any objections as to how it was technically done. I don't think that there were any objections about um, asking for cookies. Like from that standpoint, I would think that the e-privacy directive in itself wouldn't have been as problematic, but it's very interesting to flag that that was not something that was discussed in these decisions. And I also agree with you. Mm-hmm. Why would consent be a legal basis here? I would simply use contractual necessity and say, yeah, I'm going to turn everybody into Facebook and just say, hey, welcome to our webpage. Here are news articles. If you want to read them for free, well, you're going to see some ads. If you want to pay up, well, then uh, we will serve you additional content and just call that a contract. But then, of course, you know which stance mm. they are going to take the authorities. Well, it's not strictly necessary for the performance of the contract, to which you also know what I'm going to say. Well, fine, then go to a court and ask them. But looking at the... Uh, that's interesting, because if we think about the meta cases, the Article 65 ones from uh, from the DPC and the EDPB, one thing that I noticed there was that it didn't seem to me that the EDPB ruled out contractual necessity entirely. They came back to this reasoning uh, several times that it was it wasn't transparent. Mm. So would that mean that if you are really a hundred percent transparent about your processing, can you then rely on contractual necessity? And process personal data for the for marketing and advertising. And if that was the case, could you then perhaps uh, ask for consent only for the placement of cookies to mm. satisfy the e-privacy directive, and then base the processing of the personal data on contractual necessity? And to completely, you know, throw everything in there, you could then. Um, look to the purpose limitation principle and then further process the personal data for statistical purposes based on legitimate interest. Right. Wait, can't you even start with legitimate interest? <laughs> you um, Couldn't you just, instead of contractual necessity, use legitimate interest here, perhaps? Just thinking out loud. Uh, maybe not because, again, of the whole... Is it equivalent? Are you going to deprive them of some rights? I'm sorry, I know that I'm super grumpy and that I sound cynical, <laughs> but to me, really, a day when a DPA says, uh, you know, it's not fine to offer additional content to your subscribers. I mean, come on. But you have to, but you have to start with consent anyway, and it's it it's start to feels like a technicality. Mm. It's like if we look at all the cases and where the web is involved, Milos. Now I'm getting really grumpy (laughs) because it feels now that you have to ask for consent to be on the internet. It doesn't work. The e-privacy directive, uh, it doesn't work. And so we have to ask for consent for everything. And we are all joint controllers. Mm -hmm. That's what it starts to feel like with the recent uh, Court of Justice decisions and uh, rulings and other decisions. Right. And then, of course, you know, cherry on the cake is that they will come uh, to you and say, well, this consent is not really informed because you've presented it in such a complicated way, but I had to, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, very often. So so I totally hear you there. Um, definitely interesting. Uh, 
I want to touch upon one more point here, and that's uh, one thing that both of us, uh, it's funny how we preach the same things, Article 5, but also one thing that is in the GDPR recitals, right? That the goal is to serve the mankind and that the data protection has to be balanced against other fundamental rights. Do you think it's been properly balanced here? It's a tough one. I, I just... I just found, find it so peculiar and I think that to not respond to your question, it's just, I just feel that this is so complicated because of e-privacy. Right. That they absolutely, they have to get something uh, progressed in that mm. area so that we don't have to deal with all these um, uh, terrible, terrible consent and cookie banners right. and it just have to be solved in a different way right because i'm thinking come on the implications uh, we know many websites where it's like if you want to download our guidelines or like our guidance or whatever please enter up uh, enter your email address and you can unsubscribe but we would like to send you some newsletter and to me it's a fair deal right yeah but apparently yeah, and even the consumer authority in Norway, they responded to uh, one of my emails regarding that, that that was fine. Yeah. So you have different things to take into consideration. You have the e-privacy directive, like the cookie part of it, the cookie law. You have uh, marketing acts, you have the GDPR. And even in, in Norway, I think the e-privacy directive was implemented in four different laws. Mm. So it's just a mess. But I think if to uncomplicate things let's just empower people to be able to make some decisions some informed decisions be transparent about what you are doing and how you intend to use people's personal data and then people can't expect to uh, valuable content to be free if you want to access a, a news outlet then expect that you have to see ads or you have to pay. That's the um, that's how it goes these days. Yeah, and not only see the ads, but like you have to get all the content. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I really hope that we are wrong because I've been uh, slightly, but still wrong about their Google decision. It would be lovely maybe to follow up at some point with the Danish DPA and see if they can clarify or shed some more light on this. But to me, right now, it feels like incredibly restrictive. But you know what my takeaway from yeah. you is today? No. I'm going to buy a bottle of wine and I'm going to put it in a cabinet and I'm going to wait for the day that e-privacy, as it is, uh, disappears from the face of the earth. And then I, we're going to pop open that bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> and if the alternative is more reasonable, then we're going to celebrate. If not, um, we'll, we'll, then we buy another bottle of wine and wait for the European Union to see some sense. I was going to say champagne, but then you said when it goes away. And then I was thinking wine is so much more appropriate because it needs storage, my friend. It's <laughs> not going away, unfortunately. I strongly doubt that. <laughs> as long as it's not stored in terminal equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we shall see we shall see to wrap up uh at least uh the uh dpa they also shared some guidance on uh using cookie walls so um that's uh four points that you should read so we will link to that in the show notes as well but uh yeah maybe somebody needs to get on um onto our podcast and clarify uh, what the implications really are for these two decisions. Right. 
So uh, thanks everybody. I think the two of us are going to uh, try to calm ourselves down because this decision is really <laughs> so upsetting. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it was very, very interesting to read. So I just want to thank you for this lovely conversation and to thank our listeners. Thank you to Melos and thanks to all our wonderful grumpy listeners out there. Catch you next time.